Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Week 10 is done, we're already looking on to week 11 and the first ever NFL Scotland podcast tour. My name is Cameron Hobbs. Now a slightly shorter edition than normal as we're planning to leave for New Orleans in a couple of days time. Paul is busy putting all his packing together, trying to decide how many pairs of shoes to take. I've told him one is enough, surely. Well, time will tell how many he takes with him. In this edition, we will as ever look back at week 10. We'll give out our weekly NFL awards, including the most Scottish-like performance, the Honkin Award, and we'll be asking who's had their porridge. We also catch up with Eagles fan and regular NFL Scotland podcast guest Ian Stephen to ask him what we can expect from his side this week. And we speak to Ben from Touchdown Trips to find out all about his company and what they do. We'll be talking about specifically what they've organised for our NFL Scotland trip and also get details on how you can get in touch with them to get your very own custom trip organised, something that we can highly recommend doing. Anyway, let's get on with this week's show and I caught up with Paul earlier to get his thoughts on week 10. So we'll start this episode like we start every single one and we'll look back at the week that's just been. So Paul, week 10 is done and dusted in the history book. Not a lot of particularly competitive games, but definitely some interesting stories coming out from the season now. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, the likes of, you know, Des Bryant goes out without even playing for the Saints and talking of wide receivers, you know, the, the Rams, great win yesterday. But it came at a cost with Cooper Cup out for the season. I think that's a really big loss for them. Yeah, I think so as well. He is a very young, exciting player now. Um, obviously, they've got Robert Woods and they've got Brandon Cooks. They've got Gurley. So it's not like they've not got any other talent, but he was an exciting, dynamic player for them. And the one thing I would say off the Rams at the moment is they're scoring plenty of points, but they're also conceding quite a lot. So they really need to keep everything ticking on offense if they want to continue to keep up the good form. And actually, the Seahawks could well have fought back into that game last night. I was quite impressed by the Seahawks, actually. I didn't think it would be that close, and it was. I thought they played the game really well. It'd be a good game Thursday night between the Seahawks and the Packers. Both need it. Uh, probably the, you could argue the Packers are more competitive. That would be a decent game. Yeah, I think so as well. And at one point, I thought that might have been a bit of a disappointment from the Thursday night football game, but it could be really close. Um, and obviously, two great quarterbacks coming up head-to-head here. Could be an entertaining end-to-end game. And I've been surprised by the Seahawks as well. On defence, they've not looked as great, and we expected that, but they've been way better on offence than even I thought they would be. Russell Wilson is always a threat, but he's not even having to run around as much. Feels like the run game's coming through. Obviously, they've got a number of backs that they're using now in Seattle, but they're getting things going, and there was a couple of superb catches by Lockett last night as well, including that touchdown, which was a brilliant grab. Oh, brilliant hands. I mean, he's always had good hands, and if you link him with Russell Wilson, who... Alarms you still when he scrambles a little bit too much, but I thought you linked up well. Worth noting, Cameron, I mean, the Rams, that's 9-1. That's their best record through 10 games since 1969. Wow. Quite, quite, quite amazing. It is quite amazing. Another player as well that really came back to form was Allen Robinson for the Chicago Bears. 133 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, off six receptions. That's the sort of numbers that he was turning in from time to time with the Jacksonville Jags. So the Bears will be absolutely delighted if he can even carry half of that form throughout the rest of the season. And they certainly look like a team on form. 
It's interesting. I wonder how many people dumped him from their fantasy lineup because he simply wasn't getting involved. And all of a sudden, they come to life. Mitch Trubisky. Now, I thought the Lions were really poor. Yeah. And the scoreline is one of these ones, you know, they padded out in garbage time. Uh, I mean, that was the Bears game all day long. So, you know, really impressed with the way, way they did that. Of course, some bad news on the, the coaching front. Uh, the Bengals have fired the defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, nine games into the season. And some bad news for the New York Jets. They haven't fired their head coach. <laughs> and I tell you, it's going to come as no shock to you that most of the content we've had on Twitter so far for our Honkin Award has been squarely directed into the general New Jersey area. Um, I think that's all we'll say for now. I, I'm surprised. I mean, there's chat now that they're going to wait till the end of the season, which seems to be the way to do things. Obviously, the Browns didn't do that. You could argue now as well that given that brilliant performance against the Falcons, um, the Browns have made the right decision. They've gone for the polar opposite. I mean, Greg Williams is complete opposite to Hugh Jackson, and most people who follow the game will know that. You know, Hugh Jackson came across as thoughtful, intelligent, articulate. The one thing I think everybody always said was, could you get players fired up? Well, Greg Williams is going to get you fired up. You might not like him for it, but he is certainly going to get you fired up. And how about this, Cameron? Would you take money on Greg Williams getting more wins between now and the end of the season, including the one on Sunday, that Hugh Jackson got in his whole tenure. Oh, do you know what? If, if they play like they did on Sunday, I think that's a cert. I think it's an absolute cert. Nick Chubb, what a performance from him. Um, you know, 176 yards and that massive touchdown run. I think it's the, the longest touchdown of the season now. 94 yards, I think. Um, and they were brilliant. Do you know what? Baker Mayfield looked superb as well. They just got things going and the Falcons were really coming back into form. I've been talking them up over the last couple of weeks as potentially being a team that could come back from a really poor start and make the playoffs. But that was really disappointing from their point of view. Although, as a Saints fan, you'll be delighted. Well, it was a great week for the Saints. I mean, they scalped the Bengals, something rotten. And then, of course, their three divisional rivals all lost. I mean, you mentioned Nick Chubb. I mean, the man is a major disappointment for me because he's destroyed my fantasy team because <laughs> I've lost for the first time in 10 weeks. And I'll tell you, the man who's going to get my nomination for Honking Award is Carlos Hyde, um, who I had to put into my lineup because I had both Emmanuel Sanders and Adam Thielen on a bye week, and I had to put Carlos Hyde in at the flex position. I tell you what, I think I got nearly as many points as him this week. <laughs> I tell you, Scotland will be weeping at the news that your um, your fantasy team's hot run has finally come to an end. It has. I am slightly disappointed, but I will live to fight another day. Worse still, of course, that my son beat me. That was the oh, problem. Insult to injury. Insult to injury. Surely you're making the playoffs with that one, though, anyway. So um, I'm sure it's just a blip along the way. Keep you grounded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not a, a Buccaneers-type performance. You know, it's just a little blip along the way. I think we've, we've got to give some love to a couple of teams. The Redskins, who looked fairly average, but eked out a win. I think that that's really important for them. I thought the Chargers fell into that category as well. The Raiders decided to turn up and play. I'm not quite sure why. And they weren't great offensively. But, I mean, against that tandem, you know, they did really well. And they restricted Philip Rivers, which is not something a lot of teams have done this year. So I was actually quite impressed. Got to give some love to the Steelers, though. I mean, Big Ben tore them apart. You know, but Big Ben looks like one of these guys that somebody should be moving him on a mobility scooter 
Yeah. Because he doesn't go around very well. But how good a player is he? I mean, he just when you think he's done, he steps up and he absolutely destroyed the Panthers. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. I think it was 22 or 25, something like that. That's amazing. One touchdown every five throws. Wow. Uh, it's absolutely unreal. I, I mean, he's a uh, QB passer rating, 158.3. You know, he really was brilliant. And then in that game as well, the Panthers started so well. You know, they went down yeah. on their first um, their first possession, touchdown through McCaffrey, and at that point I thought, oh, hang on, the Steelers could be in trouble here. And other than McCaffrey and his three touchdowns, they had nothing to offer. They really had nothing to offer. Um, and the, the Steelers looked absolutely tremendous. You know, the Saints put 51 points on the Bengals, doing the Steelers a favour, and the Steelers did a favour by putting 52 on the Panthers. Um, two offensive masterclasses this week from both Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger. Absolutely superb. I guess the one concern for the Steelers will be James Conner going into the concussion protocol. And obviously with big question marks still over Bell, there's got to be some, some worry about who they're going to play at running back next week. Yeah, I think that's important for them. The, the only good thing is because it was a Thursday night game, if he can get out the concussion protocol, he's got more than a week. So that's the positive spin for the Steelers. The Steelers and the Saints meet in a few weeks' time. That could be rather tasty. You want to get an idea of who's doing well. I think we should throw a bit of kudos to the Cardinals for running the Chiefs close. Yeah. And you could argue Josh Rosen, just a wee pick towards the end that did for them. They had a little chance. And what about the Titans? They're defeating the Patriots the first time in 16 years. You know, yep. that gets their season back on track at 5-4. and four. The Patriots, it's one of these meh games. You know, they're 7-3. and three. It doesn't really matter. But I just thought they were dismantled fairly easily. And finally, finally, a pupil gets one over on Bill Belichick. They were brilliant to watch as well. And I think I'd said in an earlier pod that if the Titans had any chance of winning this, they needed to get things going on offence. Now, actually, in the end, the defense was as, support, was as important as the offense was, but the Tennessee Titans made it count when it mattered, and they really did. I thought Mariota looked cool, calm, and collected. They were clever, and the Patriots were just disappointing. Once again, trying that, um, that trick play with a throwout from Edelman to Brady, and you know I've seen it turned into a gift now, so it's been repeated for eternity. Brady's legs giving way underneath him, and you didn't even need tackled in the end. They just crumpled to the ground. It just wasn't pretty from the Patriots and showed that they are vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's the equivalent of playing David Beckham in goal. What's yeah. the point? He's the best arm that you've got. It's not worked before. Seriously, you want to go there again? I, I just I thought that was a very, very bad call. Um, it, it's a bit gimmicky by the Patriots. and The Patriots tend not to win that way. Um, so, no, I... I did not like that at yeah. all. Um, but Bill, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick, so that, that's just the way it goes. But a wee word for Mike Vrabel, and he's got four years of coaching experience, 14 years as a player, and you know finally somebody gets the better of Bill Belichick. Indeed. Now, before we move on to the awards, there's one thing I feel that I need to do. It's been weighing heavy on me since Sunday evening, um, but I need to apologise to Sam Darnold because I don't think he's the problem in New York. And for the Buffalo Bills and Matt Barkley to come out and decimate the Jets, 41-10. Matt Barkley with a QB rating of 117.4. 
Darnold got, I give him the Honkin Award last week, and clearly he's not the problem, or he's not the only problem. And there's big issues in New York. Certainly, if, in fact, there's big issues in both the teams. If you look at the Giants and the Jets, neither of them are doing particularly well at the moment. And we talked about at the top that Todd Bowles is still there, but there's no way he's going to be there come the end of the season. Absolutely not. Can, can I read this to you? Yep. This, this is this is how the Jets went. First series, punt, three plays, minus two yards. Their next series, three plays, minus one yard, punt. Next series, three plays, eight yards, punt. <laughs> next series, seven plays, 33 yards, they went crazy, interception. Then they got a field goal, punt, and finally they got a touchdown and they punted again in the third quarter. And then an interception and a punt, and they turned it over on downs. That was your afternoon if you were a Jets fan. And it was interesting to see that the MetLife Stadium was empty by halftime. It was pretty <laughs> much, and other than some very vocal Bills fans. And that sounds more like my golf game than an NFL game. I punt two yards, um, eight yards, punt. That's, that's about my average when I'm going around the golf course. Um, but that's, that's for another pod. And it was a bargain. I mean, it was it was ten bucks to get in, and ninety bucks to get out. It was, a, it was an absolute bargain. I mean, I, I I feel for the Jets. There was a little glimpse that Darnold was good, and he had you know things running for them. They they got a half decent running attack alongside them. But that you know, it, is it play calling? You know, you look at it. You're playing against the Bills now. The Bills have beaten the Vikings. You've got to be fair to them. There's a wee team somewhere in there, deep deep down. But you know, punt punt, punt, to start your first three and then interception and a field goal simply because time was expiring yeah. um, because it was for 42 seconds to go, to bring it to 31-3 yeah. I mean that's hard no wonder people went home Yeah, Josh McCown with a QB rating of 35.8 nobody Which... worse in the NFL nobody worse yeah, but that's not all down to the quarterback. There's absolutely no way that's all down to the quarterback. There's there's people around him that aren't doing the job. The play calling uh, obviously isn't there. So no, I mean that that's not purely down to him. I don't think that's you know it's it's difficult. You don't want to you know go in kicking players, but I mean that just is not good enough from the Jets. You know you've got to do more, especially at home. And if you're going to be punting, why not you know try the the fake punt. Try and make something happen. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Try and actually get something to happen. Now, you see Sam Darnold obviously missed the game. You know, it's Josh McCowd. 17-34, 135 yards, two interceptions. But, I mean, he got chased all day. You know, it was, it was like, you know, he had a bag of candy and it was trick-or-treaters trying <laughs> to catch him. You know, they, they just hunted him down. It was, it was fairly horrible. And if you're losing 41-10... At home to the Jets, well, I, yeah, I should have done, and I didn't last night. I was very, very tired. New York radio after that game, fight New York radio at any point in the next few days is going to be incredible, just on the reaction of the Jets. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I have to apologise again because I've done Josh McCown a disservice. Thirty-five point eight QB rating. Of course, I've forgotten about Dontrell Hilliard. Uh, the Cleveland Browns on that trick play, one throw, one interception, he gets a QB rating of zero. So if I'm Josh McCown, I'm going, well, I could be Dontrell Hilliard. So, yes. you know, not all that bad. 
Well, I believe the Jets are trading for him. <laughs> you heard it here first, an exclusive. Um, right, let's go to Twitter then. In fact, no, we've not given our awards. I'm jumping the gun here. Let's give our awards first. Most Scottish-like performance of the week for you? That's the hardest of the awards to actually give out uh, because, you know, th- there was some, you know, half-decent performances. And what I'm going to do is, and people might not like me for this, I'm actually going to give it to the Bears. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because the Bears are serving up hope ahead of a big showdown against the Vikings. Now, they're either going to do one or two things. They're either going to rise to the challenge or they're going to be very, very Scottish and get everybody's hopes up and crumble. So for the sheer fact that the Bears look like they've got the pieces ahead of a big game, they're ready, they're going to be talked up in the press all week, it's going to be good to go, good to go. That is very, very Scottish. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, they may well come right through. And I tell you what, I do expect them to do really well. But there's just something Scottish about them at the moment. They just keep showing promise, a little bit of hope, but you're actually waiting to get kicked in the the teeth, shall we say. Well, speaking of kicking, my most Scottish-like performance of the week is also for the Bears, but more specifically for Cody Parkey. Because I think (laughs) it takes a special level of Scottishness to hit the post four times from four different kicks. That's impressive. That level of almost but not quite is reeks <laughs> of Scotland. It's absolutely dripping in it. Um, and I just, I, I don't know. I, at the moment, I don't think he's been uh, canned. Cantazaro's been binned from the Bucks, but Parky hasn't been yet. And to be fair, it'd be harsh because he was a matter of inches away from all four of those being successful. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you, the coach can have a look now. I looked at the first couple of kicks, and they did look slightly off. So it's about that; it's a tiny adjustment yeah. that he needs, because you could argue he is he is hooking, yeah, or he's pushing. Actually, he's pushing to be fair, and he's not hooking it round enough. So I think they'll give him another week just to really work on that, work on that, work on that, and they might even, you know, different teams do it in different ways. You can narrow the posts. So you've got to go right down the middle. You know, if you're kicking, you're only getting it in at the left or right, upright. They don't count that. They want you bang through the middle. So I, I think they'll work on him this week. I mean, he did have a smile. At least he had a smile to himself because he knew the Bears were so far ahead. 12 points in the game. Don't let that fool you. I mean, Mitch Trubisky was going absolutely wild um, and they were never in danger. So if you're going to miss kicks, unlike Mason Crosby a few weeks ago, which cost his team, these didn't cost his team. Get on the practice field. Proved us she can do it, but yeah, that is Scottish. Yeah, had had they lost, he could well have found himself on the dole line this morning. Um, that's for sure. Um, the only other one that is a potential contender for most Scottish-like performances, the Jacksonville Jaguars, to have fought back into the game, to be driving down the field right at the end, um, getting into you know pretty much close enough for a field goal, going for another throw, ball gets knocked out, fumble recovery, game over. Yeah, they, they were going for the win. You could tell that. They thought they had the pass there. I thought it was the correct call. Yeah. Interestingly, the commentary team thought uh, the, the ruling on the field would stand. Dean Blandino, back in the Fox Command Centre, basically said, no, this is going to be overturned because the ball was moving out. I did agree with them. Interesting, you know, the reaction was brilliant because they'd already, the Jags had already reviewed it in their own booth. They knew they were beaten. 
There was no jumping up and down. There was no going mad. There was no yelling at referees. They knew they were done. Yeah. And I thought it was a good call. And I'm not just saying that because I had the Colts in the pick'em. <laughs> yeah, I was gutted. Um, right, Honkin Award. Who's your contenders this week? There's, there's, there's two. I mean, there's the Tampa Bay Bucks who just continue to be absolutely horrible. Uh, despite the coaching changes. And it's not all on Fitzmagic. You know, he, he had some good throws, but they're, they're red zone. I mean, they were just afraid of the colour red. Yeah. But you, you cannot you cannot go past the New York Jets. There's just no way you can go past the New York Jets at the moment. I mean, they have won three games this season. They were three and six. They could have been four and six. Just a chance to build a little bit of momentum. And what they've done is they've handed that to the Bills. They've allowed the Bills to get to three and seven. It's just little steps. If you could, you know, not finish bottom of the division, you know, you've got your new quarterback. Yes, he's injured. That's fine. Just show the signs of hope. The, the Jets were horrible. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that there's numerous contenders this week. Uh, the Buccaneers are up there. The Jets are up there. The Bengals are up there. The Panthers are up there. But you're right. I can't go past the Jets. That was just, oh, just rank rotten, absolutely rank rotten. Um, so they definitely get the Honkin Award this week. Which leaves us with the who's had their porridge. Who's had their porridge? For me, and I mentioned them earlier, Big Ben. Five touchdowns in 22 completed passes. That, to me, is just tremendous. And he dominated what was the darling of some of the talking heads. I listened to uh, one particular Saints podcast who believes the Saints aren't getting the love they deserve, but there's a lot of teams that feel that. But what is interesting is a lot of people were talking up the Panthers, Cam Newton, Norv Turner, this is going to be the way, and they got absolutely uh, dismantled. Yeah, they did. Um, A couple of other contenders for me, Christian McCaffrey, who was the one shining light from that Panthers performance, um, a couple of other runners, Nick Chubb, we've already mentioned, had a great day. Aaron Jones, put any questions about Ty Montgomery getting traded away by having 145 two touchdowns and a great running performance for the Packers. It's not often that you've been saying that recently. But for That's me, true. Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Ezekiel Elliott to get 151 yards and a touchdown against what was the second best run defense in the NFL away from home in a hostile Philadelphia I thought that was a brilliant performance. And he, you know, he, he was receiving well. He was running well. Um, even for his running touchdown, it was um, it was a bit of a wonky handoff, but he did brilliantly to find the gap, force his way into the end zone. Um, and, you know, he was milking that, spooning the cereal in as he went, you know, <laughs> feed him, feed him, feed him, um, absolutely noising up the, the Philadelphia crowd. And he was instrumental in that victory. So I think Ezekiel Elliott, for me, gets my porridge award. That was it was that was his cereal. That's exactly what he was doing. He was showing us I'm eating my porridge. You know, I, I, I can't go past them, can it? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll give you that. I'll <laughs> give you that. I think, yeah, spinning his porridge in. That, That's that it. Was... He, he's been doing it all that time just so that he could win the NFL Scotland podcast. He's had his porridge award. Surely, there's no <laughs> other reason. Can't be. Right. Let's go to Twitter then. I jumped the gum earlier, but. Let's move well, on now. Hang on one second. Before you go to Twitter, right. can I share with, with the NFL Scotland listeners the New York Post today? Yes. So here, here are the headlines. This embarrassing loss ranks high in the worst of the Todd Bowles era. 
Todd Bowles isn't the Jets culprit who made Rex Ryan explode. Apparently Rex Ryan went off on them. Why the Jets are not firing Todd Bowles, brackets, yet. Josh McCowan looked far from a spring chicken. Uh, the Jets' $72 million man struggles in return again. Jets were shocked by this disaster. Um, the Jets played like they wanted Todd Bowles gone. Jets report card, this is ugly as it gets. An ex-Jets lineman unloads after mid-game walkout. Uh, Damien Woody took time out from his day at MetLife Stadium uh, to sum up the feelings of every fan. And he basically simply put, what the was this? <laughs> that, that, that's what he put you know I mean he's a former Jets offensive lineman works for the ESPN he, he attended the game but he basically walked out in the middle you were talking about fans walking out uh, that's basically what he he just couldn't believe it WTF is all, all that he put and there's a video of him basically he's speechless shaking his head and he says I don't even know what to say right now this is crazy um, he does take some solace as the reporter points out at least he beat the traffic <laughs> Which is the only thing the Jets beat this weekend. The end. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, Twitter, finally. Col Colin Simpson. And most Scottish like performance for this week is the Titans versus the Patriots. A great performance when you least expect it. I think that's fairly Scottish. Yeah, um, I like that. Petrinkovic twenty seven has said the kickers for all three awards. Most Scottish like <laughs> Homkin and had their porridge. That's pretty fair. Mikey Reynolds has said Nick Chubb has definitely had his porridge, while Derek has pointed out that the Honkin Award must be the Jets. You're right, Derek. Um, political football have said the Jets for Honkin, also arguably most Scottish-like performance, playing awfully against a team they expected to beat and who had barely scored much in recent games, which I think is a fair one as well. Uh, Gucci Sanders has said Eagles for the most Scottish-like performance, the Jets for the Honkin Award, and Chubb for his porridge. Parkey or the Jets for the Hunker Award, says Steve Penman. And Billy says, hopefully the Bears kicker edges out Brady for the Honkin Award. Thankfully, Billy, um, Brady didn't even get close to that Honkin Award. There's so many other people that could have been contenders. Um, I'd nominate Chandler Cantazaro for most Honkin, but he still had a great time at Tampa Bay yesterday, says Bales. Cantazaro obviously found his uh, P45 this morning, so he got much worse than the Honkin Award. Yeah, but, but he dropped it coming out, so it was another fumble. <laughs> so you can't, you can't even hold it properly. Yep. Um, Alan Trotter, most Scottish-like performance is either the Jets for getting pumped in a game expected to win or Dallas for winning a game they expected to lose. Honkin is definitely the Jags' D and had his porridge was Zeke against the number two rush D, as we said, and put up those great numbers. Finally, Martin McClure says, most Scottish-like performance, the Buccaneers. 500 plus yards of offence and three points. <laughs> Good point, well made. So that sums up everything for week 10, all done and dusted, and we look forward to week 11 now. Joined now by NFL Scotland podcast regular guest and resident Eagles fan Ian Stephen. Thank you for joining me, Ian. We're obviously on our way to New Orleans to say the Eagles play the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. I just wanted to get you online to ask you a little bit about how the season's been going. In particular, what was last night like, that defeat to the Cowboys, and what should we expect from the Eagles coming up against the Saints this weekend? The, the loss last night was uh, pretty heartbreaking. I think um, the majority of the fan base has now just put a big X through the season. 
and say that's it. Um, I found out today that Ronald Darby's out, well, ACL tear now. Yep. So that's just another in the massive list of injuries that, that we've had that's basically told the story of the season. We've been the second best team against the run uh, up until the game last night, about 80 yards a game. And then all of a sudden, we just couldn't um, tackle Ezekiel Elliott. And, and that was uh, effectively the, the kind of death nail for us in the, in the game. Yeah, because it looked like, you know, it was a bit to and fro, and even right down to the very end, there was a chance, you know, um, right at the final play, the ball down to Ertz, he tried to obviously lateral pass it, it didn't go anywhere, Golden Tate couldn't get any space, but um, it was quite end-to-end, the Eagles were in the game for most of it, and it did come down to just that one extra touchdown. Like you say, injuries though have been a problem, and if you look at the list of people that were unavailable for Week 10, it was substantial. With Derby coming out, it's only going to get worse, surely, isn't it? You're going to have the privilege of seeing cornerbacks Avanti Maddox, Russell Douglas and Chandon Sullivan uh, play <laughs> against New Orleans <laughs> against Michael Thomas and Drew Brees and company. If, if the Saints go four wide, which they can do, they've got Brandon Marshall in today yep. um, to replace Des Bryant. So that's gone from um, big old nuisance in the dressing room to even big old nuisance in the dressing room. <laughs> Uh, if, if the Saints go four wide, the Eagles don't have the best hell to cover them. Roddy McLeod went out injured early on this season and they've been playing Maddox, who was a, a backup cornerback at free safety. And things had got that bad. But then things were even more bad. They've had to put Maddox back to corner. I think he's played nickel and I think they've put uh, Cody Graham back at safety now. He's came back from a hamstring injury. So. And even on offense, I mean, the running backs, obviously, the boy Adams looks as though he can add something a little bit interesting. But um, Paul will be gutted that Darren Sproles isn't going to make it. It looked like he was going to be back, a further setback injury. He's back on the injury list. Losing JGI, obviously, was your number one running back. But even, you know, losing that, it's felt like at no point in the season you've had that whole collection. Started the season with no uh, Wentz or Jeffrey. By the time they came back, other players were starting to go. It's just been really unfortunate, hasn't it? Can you put it all down to injuries, though, or has the team just not been gelling as well as they did last year? Um, injuries are probably one of the main kind of factors. I mean, the, the, there's such a fine line in the NFL between wins or losses. He goes through two games away against the Titans and Panthers. In reality, the record should be a lot better than it is. Um, Jason Peters tore his biceps and also injured his quad. He's been a, a shadow of himself. Uh, Lane Johnson was out last night. He's got a sprained MCL. He's actually been our best lineman. Wisniewski yeah. uh, got benched for poor performance. Um, Kelsey's been Jason Kelsey's been good, but the, the line's just not been good enough. You're talking about the pass from Wednesday else. He should have held that for an extra second to give us more time to get closer to the end zone, but... I just don't think he, he felt he had the confidence in his line to do that. Um, but, I mean, Timmy Jernigan go down with a, a severe back injury and there was rumours that he might not even play. Um, again, I think he's back into practice now and they're having a look at him. Um, he's a, a weird situation that he has to get added to the roster or he'll give, um, he can't come back or it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, Mike Wallace broke his leg in the first week. Uh, Spools, um, it was such a big factor in special teams as well. It's just been uh, continuous. I mean, there's been small bright factors, um, 
Wentz, I'd say Wentz physically is maybe about 80, 85%. He's, when he runs, he's not as, he's like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He's, he's not as fast as he was, but he's still having a really good season. Um, Ertz has been absolutely fantastic. 75 catches now, I think, Yeah. on the season. Um, but apart from that, it's, it's been... It's been a poor shadow of what we had last season. Yeah, frustrating, definitely frustrating season. You said right at the top, though, that most of the fans have pretty much written it off now, though. But if you could go into the Superdome and somehow come away with a win, do you think that would be enough to galvanise you and put you back on track for perhaps a playoff position? Um, I mean, they put up a graphic last night saying the Eagles are the second hardest um, running uh, in the NFL out of the last few games in, in terms of records so um, you've got to say no because we still have the Rams to play as well as the, the Saints we've got the Redskins um, who they're quite Jackal and Hyde at, at times but they look like they've got enough defensively to, put, to, to stop the Eagles um, two games out of two so um, I don't think it's I don't think there's too much rope left to be honest I think that, that there's a stat that I saw that went from if they won the game last night, there would be seventy percent chance in the playoffs. If they lost the game, which they did, it's now down to thirty percent. Yeah, and like you say, that is a tough run in that they've got two games against the Redskins. Which, if they win them both, there's something contention. But like you say, the Rams up against a very good Texans team, and off the two quarterbacks coming back from injury, you maybe feel like Deshaun Watson slightly further down the the stage of recovery than perhaps Wentz is as well. Um. That, that's difficult. I mean, that comes down to kind of analysing what, what the talent of the, either player is. I think Wentz, he's, Wentz has got really, he's got amazing torque when he throws the ball from his upper body. Yeah. Um, and then that's probably aided um, his recovery a, a lot better. Plus, players um, heal a lot differently than other people. Was it nine months that Wentz took to come back? And yeah. then other players can take like, up to two years from an injury like that. So, you probably find he doesn't actually have any uh, ligaments left in his knee and he's just held to give up chewing gum and they won't, they won't release that for like 10 years it'll be in his <laughs> So what about then what should we be looking forward to for a game in the States you've been to a couple yourself what's your personal highlights you know tailgate and things like that the experience the atmosphere what should we be looking forward to I had the bizarre distinction of actually seeing Ryan Leaf play for San Diego Chargers <laughs> One of the few people in the world, <laughs> and one of the world's most boring games. Um, the the best advice that you can give is um, look up people that are having tailgates, and um, there'll be quite a lot of Saints kind of crews will be doing that and try and hook up with them, and you, you have a few beers, like maybe bring bring your own, like bring a bottle of whiskey, you'll hook up with them beforehand. You can have a good chat with them before you head into the uh, the stadium. That's probably the, biggest tip that I can give you. If you're wanting to go to the stadium shop, which Paul probably is, yeah. go there maybe the day before. Don't go on game day because you won't, you won't be able to move. It'll be yeah. absolutely rampacked. Brilliant. No, we're very much looking forward to it and I'm reckoning that the Eagles will certainly put up a fight if nothing else, more so than the Bengals did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting that the front seven for the Saints have actually been fantastic this season, but their secondary is pretty poor. Uh, Lateral's fallen off at a cliff from where he was last season. Um, if the Eagles can force a turnover early and maybe get up, it, it could make the game a lot more interesting. But if, if the Saints get the balls first, 
drive down and score, then just leave it in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, thanks for joining us, Ian. And um, if it is a bit of a doing, I'm sure Paul will be in touch with you very, very soon. I'm sure he will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, thank you. So I'm delighted to be joined now by Ben from Touchdown Trips. Thank you for joining me tonight, Ben. And um, we're looking forward to the first ever NFL Scotland podcast tour, our trip to New Orleans and LSU. You've done it before. What can we look forward to? Um, where do you start? Uh, you, well, you're going to Louisiana, so that will help. Uh, it's 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 about if you're going for a quick trip to see an NFL game, um, there's not many better places to go and go and do it. You're going to have obviously New Orleans, which is um, an amazing city. When you're not going to see some football, uh, you've got the French Quarter and uh, Bourbon Street and the Garden, the Garden District and Frenchmen, where you've got lots of live music. You've got um, if you have any palate at all, then you'll uh, love the food. Yeah. Um, amazing stuff. You've got you know your gumbos and your po'boys. You've got um, fried chicken, uh, and, and it's just phenomenal. So you've got that. You've got um, Death Valley, LSU, um, one of the best places to see a college game in, in the country. So you'll have um, the the players and the band coming down Victory Hill if you are there. If you can tear yourself away from tailgate for that. Um, and also some great tailgating uh, before the game, uh, together with a hundred thousand plus um, seater stadium for, for LSU, um, and then and you got the Saints, who are you know one of the arguably the best team in the NFL, uh, certainly one of them. So you know, kind of getting jealous is tough to talk to you. About, you know? <laughs> but you get the opportunity yourself to get away from time to time. Tell us a little bit more about what what touchdown trips do and the sort of stuff that you get to do. Um, well, we. We, we basically customise trips for people to go and see uh, an NFL game. It's, it's mainly NFL. We, we'll do all college if you want to do all college, but um, normally we do kind of a, a mix. Uh, we encourage people to see a college game as well. Uh, but it's what you want. So, you know, we don't... Um, we, we do offer some group tours. Uh, some, so we're going on the big one tomorrow, um, and that's going to be six games. Uh, that'll be two college and four NFL games on the West Coast, um, starting in San Francisco and driving up to Seattle and then heading down to LA. So that's that's you know obviously quite a comprehensive one. And, and those ones are quite good for if you want to see a few games with other UK fans and uh, and you kind of want the work taken out, then uh, you get to meet some some good people make friends do some tailgates and um, you know I think the, the middle of that trip will be um, a good one with uh, the Seahawks and Packers on Thursday night uh, next week looking forward to that um, but then we also just put together whatever anyone wants so if you want to do a quick weekend trip we'll do three nights uh, you know a game or two a tailgate um, and flights from wherever you live and uh, if you want to do a family holiday then we'll do that as well you know so some people go to, go to convince their um, other halves to <laughs> do, a, do a Florida trip and, and maybe sneak off to a uh, you know a Tampa Bay game or a Jacksonville game so it's, yeah whatever you want we'll do but the, the important thing for me is that I, I lived in America 10 years and if you're going to go and see an American game it's, it's just to have that uh, proper experience of making sure you have you know a, a, good, a good pre-game and, and that you're um, you know kind of really ex- uh, enjoying wherever you're going to see and we try to you know, recommend that and help along with that to make sure that you know what you're doing absolutely and this is it you do the whole package you know it's not just flights and hotel it really is everything it's tickets recommendations you can put people in touch with the the right sort of areas to look at for tailgating and things like that so it really is an experience that you guys are experts in rather than just a holiday 
Yeah, no, that, that's it. I mean, it's uh, I, I, yeah, so I lived in America 10 years, so, and I kind of fell in love with the NFL while I was there. Um, but I also worked in travel <laughs> separately from, from uh, enjoying the NFL. So uh, to me, it just made sense at this point. Yeah, with how big it's become in the UK to combine, you know, what I did professionally with what I love, um, and make sure that you know people that that, that book with us have have that experience. So, you know, so we are you know, members of Aptus, so that means that you know, we're held to a high standard by them. Otherwise, they wouldn't let us be members, and uh, and the trips are also protected you know, by Atoll. So it means you know you're not going to lose money on dodgy dealings and things like that. We we're, we're fairly fairly legit here, so so, <laughs> we, so yeah, so we we enjoy what we do, um, and you know, and I think we, we've only been going. Two and a half years, um, but it's uh, you know it's been really pleasing uh, the feedback we've got, and, and if you look at our website and you see the FIFO uh, reviews, okay. um, people are pretty happy with it. So that's that's the big thing for me. If, if I can, you know, make a living from um, people having a great time, then you know, I've kind of done what, what I said out to do. So, and hopefully you will, Cam. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I look forward to hearing about it. Yeah, well, the wives aren't coming with us. We that might cost us pretty when it comes to Christmas. That's the only downside. Um, and we'll obviously be in America as well for the Seahawks. Packers game we won't be there we'll be watching in a bar in New Orleans so we'll be sure to give you a wave uh, on the TV and and try and look for you um, but we can't wait you know it really is an exciting opportunity to go over there and really pack quite a lot into a couple of days but you know I have to say that, that our dealings with you have been absolutely superb everything's been organised for us you know even down to the car hire uh, you know your recommendations about where to go and obviously your experience having been to New Orleans having been to LSU is going to be great as well so we're very much looking forward to it and we'll obviously report back to you and let you know how we got on as well well, I look forward to it. Again. I'm sure it'll be um, it'll be a great trip, and that you. I, mean, yeah, I think even before we realised how good the Saints were, it looked like a good trip. But um, I think it'll be quite a special atmosphere in the Superdome, you know, when you when you're there as well. So absolutely. And anyone interested in finding out more then about what you do, what should they do to get in touch? Yeah, I mean, if you want to sort of see what we're about, then our website is touchdowntrips.com, and then uh, we're quite active on on the social media. Um, with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all being handily touchdown trips. So uh, just type that in and you'll find us. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us, Ben, and enjoy your own trip to the States. Appreciate it, Cam. Have a great time. Cheers. Well, that concludes things for episode 27. And once again, we hope you've enjoyed listening. We'd love to hear your feedback, good and bad. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash ScotlandNFL. Thank you to everyone that's been listening, sharing and chatting about the pod. We continue to see the numbers grow every week, but please do keep sharing this podcast with all your NFL friends. Keep your nominations coming for our regular weekly awards and we've loved reading your suggestions for some of the other Scottish Slanted Awards. Please do keep them coming. We'll be back again next week with some special content that's come directly from New Orleans as we go on our first ever NFL Scotland podcast tour. We'll be chatting about that and everything else that takes place in week 11. But until then, bye for now.